0: Hi, my name is Yemini Mesa. I am the founder and CEO of HECA Good Foods. And I have gone from feeling old and decrepit in my 30s to feeling young and vibrant in my late 40s, all because of effectively incorporating the Ketogenic Guide into my lifestyle. And so I am a keto hero.
1: Welcome to the Keto Heroes Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve your keto lifestyle, your mindset, and overall growth as an individual. I'm your host, Han Samajor, and joining me this week is Yemeni Mesa. He is the founder of Heka Good Foods, and he has also worked with some of the most successful nutrition companies like Quest Nutrition. He shares with us all about his story and how to actually lead a sustainable ketogenic lifestyle. Enjoy! all right mr Jiminy mason man welcome to the keto heroes podcast honestly a pleasure to have you in the show and great to see you man delighted to have you here
0: it's a pleasure to be here you guys uh you're doing a really good job i've actually i uh, caught a, a few of the uh, uh pieces you put out there and um uh, i love it man so i'm flattered to be included and uh, be a part
1: of it oh that's fantastic man and you know I would say let's jump straight in let's jump straight in you know we have seen you go through an amazing journey you know you've gone on to work with a lot of great nutrition companies over the past years and a lot of very credible individuals and scientists and you know and you've become also very interested in the ketogenic diet kind of optimizing your health and fitness as well and why don't we take a little step back a little bit and maybe walk us a little bit through the experience of what was it that got you into this field? What was it, a, where was kind of like the seed planted in you? Where do you think that kind of interest started? Walk us a little bit through that experience.
0: You know, I've just been really, really, really fortunate that from the get go, when I started working as a as a teenager, I always gravitated toward jobs and things like that, that had to do with nutrition and fitness. Uh, just because it's always been a passion of mine. So as a teenager, I think I worked at a GNC store for, for a bit and a health food store for, for a bit longer. Mm. Um, and when it came time to actually just uh, choose a career path, I just gravitated towards the things that, um, that I, I have passion for. So um, in doing that, I've just been lucky that I've worked with companies and individuals that have done some pretty remarkable things and i am just been learning like crazy from some of these um, great folks and um, so yeah it, it just started with that it's been my passion it's what I like doing it's what I enjoy doing and um, I've just been I've gravitated towards other people who are into similar things and um, and it's kind of worked out nicely.
1: That's great Yeah, we've seen you go through an amazing journey and was it something you always had in mind was it something that you said I want to end up here someday or were we kind of what was kind of like experience like? You know that's a good question. I
0: I graduated high school with not much of a game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, the son of an immigrant, so I'm the a first generation um, immigrant to the U.S. I don't have any older siblings, and I was uh, raised by a single mom, and so she was really busy just putting food on the table to you know to worry about what's your career path and your college and all that going to be. Okay. So I got out of high school. Really into bodybuilding and really uh, bitten by the whole bodybuilding bug, mm-hmm. um, and I really didn't have a game plan for life. Really, in terms of where am I going to go to school and what am I going to do when I grow up? Of I knew I like bodybuilding, uh, mm-hmm. and I and I had to get it out of my system because I also knew that there was no future in bodybuilding. Like even if I if I were to become the most successful bodybuilder builder in, in the sport, um, it's a lot of effort. You you are sacrificing quite a bit of uh, things, including your own health, were not a whole lot. So I just knew that wasn't the path, but I had the bug and I and I needed to get out of my system. So I, I competed for a bit and, um, and while getting it out of my system, I, I started to realize, oh, there's a whole world around fitness, nutrition, and health that, um, isn't just stepping on stage and flexing muscles. Uh, hmm. And so I started realizing I have other skills that have nothing to do with any of this stuff. And sorry, my kitty's <laughs> but I'm sitting on my lap right now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so it it was realizing a I have a passion for this. Yeah. B the future is not in flexing muscles on stage. Uh, C what what er, where is there a future where I can still apply these passions and, and that's kind of how it, it went from there. Right.
1: Wow. It's very interesting, right? Because I think a lot of young people um, that's a huge decision they have to make right on that you know uh, they finish high school, they finish college, and they still are exactly where they were five or six years before, right? They didn't really have a game plan for that. But it's very inspiring that you actually got to find the road and actually managed to do something that ultimately fulfilled you, hopefully. And what were some of the people you looked up to during that time? Was there, you mentioned maybe uh, your mom when you moved to the U.S. How was that experience for you? Did you have anybody growing up that you looked up to as a sort of role model that kept you on going?
0: Well, definitely the best role model was my mom because... It's um, it's not easy, obviously, to move from one country to the other, Um, even more difficult when you don't speak the language, uh, when you don't have any money um, and when you've got two kids to take care of on your own. So um, a lot of people find themselves in situations in life today where they're not happy and they're kind of stuck and they just don't have that courage to step out and. You know, into the unknown and try something new and different, other than the crummy situation that they happen to find themselves in. Yeah, lots of people live those lives of quiet desperation and just really don't do anything about it. So, uh, my mom did, and she did it in a big way. She didn't just kind of, you know, move from one side of the town to the other. She, South <laughs> yeah. America to North to, to North America wow. uh, with nothing really other than um, ambition and, and drive and wanting to have a, a better life for her kids. So I would say she by far would be one of the people I, I most looked up to, especially because she managed to do all of this while still maintaining a good, happy attitude in life. She was not a sour person who who spent her days begrudging the crummy cards of having to work three jobs and not getting to see your kids whenever you want to and not getting to live in the best of all places. Like she didn't care about any of that stuff. She was happy to have her kids. She had, she was happy to, you know, to wake up every day. And that attitude is definitely something that that I think rubbed off on of me. So looked up to her a lot. Um, but you know, outside of her, I, I out of high school, I I was really just a, a knucklehead surfer bodybuilder. Right? I really, I I kind of was like, oh, now I'm grown up. Now I need to do something with my life. And it was just mm-hmm. by pure luck that I chose to. Stick to the things that I have passion for, rather than take some crappy job somewhere where I would potentially i could have potentially done that and stayed gone down a path of doing something just for the paycheck and um and and maybe'd lived an entirely different life and by the way, there's been times where I've derailed and done things where this seems like a great opportunity it's a lucrative opportunity I'm gonna do this, and then I find myself in conflict with my own. Values and doing the things that I truly enjoy and realizing eh, who cares about the money. It's got to be happy every day. So
1: That's interesting And I think especially at a very young age once you get to experience a lot of that a lot of those shifts It impacts you on a long-term basis, right? That yes, you said you adopt certain values certain principles that ultimately shape you long term because as you said now when you got especially when you get into a sport and you make it do it competitively it, there's a certain drive and patience, you know, that you have to have in order to get success consistently and that you actually get there and walk us a little bit through. So when you got into bodybuilding, you were, uh, after high school, right? So after high school, like your, uh, late teen years and, um, what was that experience? What was kind of like the first thing you got into when you said, "All right, I want to maybe do this competitively, maybe uh, you know step on stage, maybe win a competition." What was kind of like the first thought you were standing there. Where do you go from there?
0: <laughs> huh. Um yeah, I still remember the day that I decided I'm going to step on stage and do this, but before that day, I had I literally let's see, I moved to the u s. when I was 10, so I remember being in Colombia before I was 10. Already having a fascination with having big muscles and being strong, and I'm a skinny kid. I grew up, you know, not being uh, a naturally big, big guy or big kid. Mm -hmm. So um, I wanted to be big and strong. So as long as as I can remember, it's been a passion of mine. And long um, before the bodybuilding stage. I had already been lifting regularly. I, I had a set of weights at home, home and I, I was taking before and after. I was a teenager at the time. I remember thinking, ooh, what, is, what do teen bodybuilders look like? Am I, am I even anywhere
2: near
0: what, uh, what somebody should look like who won? And he won weighing 170 pounds, and he was super lean and had you know, great symmetry. And I remember at the time I weighed like 185 or something. And I thought, wow. well, if I leaned out, I, I, 170, that seems realistic. I think I can do this. Um, and, I, and a year later, I was uh, on stage doing my first contest.
1: Wow. wow. Interesting how, you know, you set up a plan and you set up a goal, a clear goal. And you set yourself a time frame and all of a sudden you find yourself in that position. And what was that bliss moment? You know, you worked very hard and now you got there and actually achieved that goal. And what was kind of the plan after that? What was it that, that just because you mentioned that uh, bodybuilding was something you got into, but nothing you wanted to do as a career, really? And what was it kind of like the switch point where you said, all right, maybe I need to reshift my focus again and maybe set different priorities?
0: I so when I did my first contest as a teenager, the first kind of heartbreak that I learned about bodybuilding was the rampant steroid use. And yeah. backstage at the contest, I was I had heard of steroids, obviously, and I you know, it's not nothing that I had, it wasn't new, but I had never seen steroids or heard people openly talk about them. And at this contest, which, mind you, was a very regional, local contest, it wasn't something big national mm-hmm. event or anything like that, everybody was openly freely talking about the stuff back there. And I was thinking, oh, like even at the team level, this is already uh, happening. And so I was uh, very disheartened and probably at that moment realized, oh, got it. So this is part of it. And I ever did really want to see it all the way through, it would require you know, stepping into that direction, which I really didn't want to do. And so, um, that, that was probably like the main thing. Like I, I if I'm going to put a lot of time, effort and energy into, into something, it's gotta be for the long run. I got to benefit from it and I can't, like you know, I can't hurt. me. So, um, right. so I, that, that was it. It was, it was a bit of a bummer. And, um, later on when I competed, I did use steroids when I competed. I eventually did. Um, realized, okay, I'm going to have to use these things to be competitive and get this bug out of my system. I really just wanted to see how far can I take this before before my body doesn't, you know, respond the way that it's responding. And I got my answer. I I did my last bodybuilding contest in 1996. That's a long time ago. Uh, It was the NPC Mr. LA. I trained harder than I ever trained. I was bigger than I ever was, leaner, more shredded. And I got fifth place um and the guy who won um oh gosh i wish i could remember his last name he, he's a pro um and he retired not too long ago troy something rather um i remember looking at his music and going holy mo like i <laughs> i'm not built to become that yeah, and yeah. um and even if i somehow could manage to get to that level it would i would be sacrificing a lot of my health of to do that and so that was i i walked away from it feeling like i i got myself as far as i possibly could um and that was it i walked with him.
1: of course you got to set priorities right like you got to say you simply got to decide what's more important for you and what are kind of the as you said it the long-term perspective that you have for yourself and the outcome that you want to have very inspiring very inspiring because i, I suppose once you adopt a passion it's not easy to really say i'm gonna give it up and i'm gonna focus on another thing i think that's where the purpose comes in and where you said i got something bigger in mind i want to actually attain something bigger than just this competition or this bliss moment so i think very interesting and a very great thing to look into um and now you mentioned something very interesting and maybe now we could start to kind of incorporate the nutrition and all that stuff is you mentioned the guy was really shredded and you as well were you know he was very shredded as well and just looked very great for that time then you said something about just sculpting your body but also focusing on your health what do you think is that kind of the difference between that? Because I think a lot of people, when they embark on this journey, right, whether it's keto, whether it's just losing weight, being great for the competition, um, I think a great misconception is that we tend to mix both together, that we say mm-hmm. looking good is the same as being healthy or, or just kind of kind of mixing both together. And uh, could you maybe elaborate a little bit on that what was it for you maybe personally that uh made you do that sort of uh, distinguishing in between both Sure
0: it's been a bit, a bit of a journey for me to really fully wrap my head around the distinction between those two things but like early on in like my teens and 20s mm-hmm. like health is not even a thought like you're invincible you're young yeah. nothing, you know, nothing, you have no injuries. And so what, what health? Like you're just going to do whatever <laughs> it takes to get big and shredded. Yeah. And that's, that was my entire mentality. Um, when I stopped bodybuilding in my mid twenties, when I saw competitive bodybuilding, I family started to raise kids and all those priorities, um, where, uh, made like bodybuilding and dieting and all that kind of T- take a, a a back seat to it all yeah. um but during that those times i started to feel the ramifications of having not treated my body so well during those pains um i it, it was difficult for me to stay lean so even if i ate what i thought was good and i, and I trained consistently my metabolism started to get really non-responsive yeah, um, probably insulin sensitivity became an issue. So all these things kind of came out ahead around my 30s. And I really felt very old in my 30s. I, I literally thought, wow, like this is the this is how it goes. Like you, you hit a certain age, I'm gonna be 40 soon. Yeah. It's only going to get worse. And so I really I I was not in a good place, like in terms of my health and physically and how I felt during those years. And um. It was in trying to fix some of those things, not even thinking about body composition and and bodybuilding and all that. But I'm like, why do my joints hurt all the time? And it's sporadic. Mm -hmm. One day it's my wrist, one day it's my knee. Like, this is not an injury. This is something Mm -hmm. else going on. And so I started to understand um, autoimmune disorders and sensitivity to gluten and and started to stay away from gluten and uh, grain-filled foods. And I felt a lot better from that. Mm -hmm. Um, Around that time, I was working with a company called Quest Nutrition that's uh, very much at the forefront of a lot of things to do with nutrition. In health, and we were tinkering with the ketogenic diet at the time, and so transitioning into a properly composed and and um, and, and well put together ketogenic diet that was a complete life changing experience because doing that fixed a lot of the health complications that I was having. While at the same time improved my body composition, I got leaner than I had been in a very long time. Had energy levels that I hadn't experienced in quite some time. So, um, I at that point was like. Finally, okay, I found a way to eat that allows me to have, without a whole lot of effort, stay, you know, maintain lean, a uh, uh, lean body level, um, and feel great. Like all my health issues and stuff feel amazing. However, seven months into a strict ketogenic diet without any refeeds or anything like that, I began to notice muscle loss. I began mm-hmm. to notice that I was having a hard time holding on to my muscle mass. Um, I was having a hard time maintaining my strength. levels in the gym uh and i was having a hard time to get to the gym I was starting to kind of not feel like like training hard like i would be at the gym and i'd want to go light all the time and uh um, ketogenic diet and figuring out you know what can i do with my protein levels what can i do with refeeds what mm-hmm. can i do with um you know uh, uh, doing fasts and different uh, protocols and and different things like that so that I could try to benefit from both. So all the amazing benefits that come from having very low carbs, super uh, low glycemic response foods and everything that kind of manages blood sugar. While at the same time taking in the protein that I would need uh, or carbs at certain times um, to to fuel certain kinds of workouts and stuff. So that's, that's so it brings me to where I am today. Health is first for me. Um, I just turned 47, and so I want to stay fit and healthy for as, as long as I can. So life, just walking up and down the stairs and those sort of things, that's priority one. And then priority two is looking and feeling good. Like I want to be lean. I want to I live at the beach. I'm, you know, I go down, walk down to the beach every summer, everyone's in their bathing suit. So yeah, you want to look good. Yeah, yeah, so that, That's also a part of it. So I kind of balance them both.
1: I think you brought up a lot of a lot of very interesting topics that I definitely want to dive into, and I think maybe to kind of sort of in one of those topics you mentioned something about very interesting. You know, making the shift from coming from this probably bodybuilder diet or or specifically for that sport, you know, probably a high carb background, and then making the shift to a low fat diet. uh it probably was not easy, right? What was it? Uh, because I imagine. Coming, especially at least for me, you know, I came from an athletic background myself and making that switch from like the lovely carbs, the bananas, the fruit, the oatmeal, all that stuff, and then suddenly giving that all away, right? It can be hard at the beginning. And so, uh, was it something for you that you struggled with at the beginning as well, you know, giving up certain foods or did you find certain replacements? Um, walk us a little bit through that experience.
0: Yeah, I I do remember as I started to dive into gluten free and grain free options and trying to understand the impact that those types of foods had on my joints, Mm -hmm. I I distinctly remember thinking, like, Jesus, I got to give them my oatmeal? Like, (laughs) even my oatmeal? Like, come on. (laughs) Um, And honestly, what's helped me is in better understanding how foods fit into my nutrition program and that there are times where it's okay to eat certain things, in fact, beneficial in times when it's not, um, there's really nothing that's off limits in my diet. So I, I like to think of it as on, like carbs are not off my diet, you know, pumpkin pie is not off my diet, pizza's not off my diet, but I can't eat them every day. They're just, they're sometimes foods and some mm-hmm. foods I can eat with more frequency than others. So rather than tell myself, I can't have these things, I, I can have them. I'll have them later. I'll have them at a good time. I'll have them in the right moment. I I won't just mindlessly be eating junk food all the time. I'm going to look forward to having a pizza cheat meal with a special person and, you know, enjoy that amazing meal. And and that to me ends up being a much, much better way to enjoy food than just to eat it, whatever I want, whenever I want. So, um, so, so yes, I miss a lot of this stuff sometimes. Like um, I just had a dinner with one of my daughters the other night and she was you know she's not keto she's ordering all sorts of yeah, yummy sure. stuff i'm like that stuff and i was fasting too i passed on mondays and so i wasn't even eating so um my my biggest hack around that is just delayed gratification i yeah. will be gratified it'll just be delayed and when i am gratified it'll feel uh, that much better uh, yeah. and i'll enjoy it that much better but there's other hacks i mean in the meantime You know, if pizza is your thing, there's a a variety of ways to do pizza cheats, you know, from fathead pizza recipes to quest pizzas, which are, you know, they're not too bad. Um, So there's like good companies making a decent effort to create like the carby foods that we all miss, just like keto versions of them. And so there's those things and and some of them are not bad and, and they kind of do the job.
1: Yeah, I think that's great, right? Finding a solution, I think, I think especially in the beginning stages, that really helps you to find a way to kind of, there's different ways to skin the cat, I would say. um, But uh, that was something I wanted to talk about. Was that, that what ultimately got you into this whole kind of world of quest nutrition? I know, you know, metrics and all that. Was that that got you kind of in that realm in that to kind of experiment and find out what best works for you? To not give away that joy feeling, as you said it, to enjoy life, enjoy food simply, uh, and also enhancing your body. Well, was that kind of like what got you into that?
0: Yeah, um, it's something that I've really, I've been putting a lot of thought to for a number of years. When I started my career, like with Metrox for example. So Metrox was the leading company in its day back in the 90s, a protein mm-hmm. powder company. First company led by a medical doctor who had a, you know real credentials and, um, you know, just... A, a real background with which to develop and formulate something that could probably actually help people. And it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a, it was a protein company. The, and, and although it was really ahead of its time because in the mid-90s, we launched the first ever keto bar and keto shake in wow. mm-hmm. yeah. this company, if you can believe that. Uh, and eventually there was like protein pasta, protein pizza, and a whole bunch of different things just really ahead of its time. But it was really a protein company. You fast forward to Quest Nutrition, which most people think of Quest as a bar company, Quest Bars. Mm-hmm. But for for, a, for a, a period of time there, when I was there, when Tom Billiu um, yeah. was uh, kind of overseeing uh, marketing, um, the the idea of if we can identify the largest food categories that are causing the most damage. Um, and develop a suitable alternative to those products, then you could potentially put a dent into like what's happening with metabolic disease. Um, And so what are those food categories? There's around 20 or so food categories that are multi-billion dollar food categories that comprise the majority of the calories that we're eating. Um, And so there are things like salty snacks, um, ice cream, breads. um, And these are all things that are mainly grains, gluten, Processed uh, foods in high glycemic carbs yeah. that when eating when eaten in excess day in and day out um, that you would develop metabolic disorders cool. and so telling people to eat less and exercise more doesn 't work we 've tried that for decades and decades, and we just we 're hardwired to love these things they 're yeah. around us they 're at our fingertips they 're part of our culture they 're how we celebrate holidays and so Just telling people to eat less exercise, more, sorry, it just doesn't work. Um, But what might work is just to make these foods out of the foods that we should be eating, these carby, sugary foods that we love. So if someone can make a chocolate cake uh, that instead of being made out of sugar and carbs is made out of protein, healthy fats, and fiber, without compromising the texture, the mouthfeel, the aroma, all those things, um, then you're on to something. And I think some companies have already succeeded in many ways in doing that. If you look at ice cream as an example, um, ice cream is segmented into like premium and super premium. Like there's like really um, expensive, yummy ice cream. And then there's like the less expensive, less premium stuff. Yeah. When you buy ice cream in pints, like Haagen-Dazs and Ben and Jerry's, those are the more expensive premium ice creams. Mm-hmm. And those are the two leading brands, or at least they were until Halo Talk. Enter the scene. Halo Top is a lower calorie, lower carb, healthier version of ice cream. And I'll, I don't think it's amazing in any way, but it's good enough that it out, it outsells Ben and & Jerry's and haagen dazs It's exactly. mind-boggling. Um, and so the same thing can be done with the pizza category. The same thing can be done with the cookie category. The same thing can be done with the soda category. So um, that to me would be would – be, uh, that's how it started, and that to me is really what I'm continuing in terms of going forward.
1: I think that is also the main goal, right? I think finding a way to make sure that the foods we have come to identify ourselves with over the years. Because honestly, we grow up with that. As you said, whether it's a chocolate cake, whether it's a cookie, a soda, pizza. I mean, it's what we grow up with. And for some people, really, it's what they identify themselves with. And then finding a food that maybe actually tastes exactly like that, but actually serves a certain purpose and helps them in a way, or at least doesn't cause that much of a detriment is huge for them because that that helps them to sustain that and that helps them to ultimately maybe make this a lifestyle and not just a short-term approach, Right? they actually say, all right, maybe it's possible. Maybe I can go on this for longer than just three months. Maybe I can try this for a few years. And so what is it that you look for in any of those kind of like cookies or like a cake or something? What is it that you kind of look into that specifically to say, all right, I may consider this as a treat for tonight. <laughs>
0: sure well that's a good question actually because there's so many different keto products hitting the market that i would not recommend anyone uh, touch because i don't i don't even know why the word keto's on them but um so the first thing that i'm looking for in a keto snack or keto alternative is it i'm normally just eating keto whole foods like i'm you know eating real regular foods and so if I'm not going to eat regular or real foods, which I happen to enjoy, it's going to be either out of convenience because I don't have time to cook or I can't, I don't have access to food. And so I need something I can open and eat real quick mm-hmm. um, or out of indulgence. I'm craving something sweet or I, I miss what chocolate tastes like. So I want something chocolatey or whatever. And, and, I, and I want, and I feel like having that. So those are, so I'm looking, for, it's got to meet those things for one. Um, there are certain foods that I don't ever have to think about in terms of whether they're Keto-friendly or not, or whether they fit into my keto program, because they're the macros are already very keto. So, an avocado, for example, I don't don't have to think about avocados are very keto. Bacon would be another example. Mm -hmm. So, a keto snack, I should have that same kind of, you know, I I shouldn't have to worry and look at the label and do some math. I'm like, can I fit this? Is this too high in protein? Is it like it should just have legit keto macros? Seventy percent or so of the calories coming from fat, five percent or so coming from carbs, the rest coming from protein that way i don't have to think about it i want convenience and so that should be another yeah. one i see a lot of keto products out there that are their main goal is to try to hit a certain net carb count and so yeah. it, it seems yeah. like 3 or less is the magic yeah. number and so mm-hmm. they just keep making the products smaller and smaller and smaller to hit those net carb counts and yeah. just because it has 3 grams of net carbs as a percentage of the total calories it might be 15% cuz exactly just, so people <laughs> so anyway i'm looking for legit keto macros would yes. be uh, one of the things The other thing I'm looking for is taste. So um, if it doesn't taste that good and it's got legit keto macros, I'll just eat a handful of macadamia nuts or I'll just eat some – I'll just I'll make my own trail mix or whatever and I'll enjoy that way better than some weird-tasting gross product or whatever. So it's got to taste freaking amazing. And in fact, it's got to taste better than me just eating a handful of nuts or whatever. It's got to bring some sort of craveability factor into it that I normally wouldn't be able to get from my keto foods, right? Mm -hmm. So that's something else that I'm looking for. And, um, honestly, the third thing is after I eat it, I better not feel bad. Like if I eat something, it better not bloat me or give me a stomach ache or something like that because none of my keto foods do. I've spent a lot of time really thinking through what are the foods that my body works uh, well with uh, the best and which ones don't. And I've eliminated some and added others the last thing I want to do is bring some keto treat into my diet that wrecks my stomach. And so I'm seeing a lot of products out there with things like chicory root fiber in them. Like yeah. that's a fiber that ferments very, very quickly in, in the gut. And for most people it's intolerable. Like you get an instant bloat and it doesn't yeah. feel good. Um, so pretty much those three things taste think- the keto macros and it better not have anything in there that's going to wreck my stomach.
1: <laughs> it's important, right? Because the one thing is, okay, the one thing, as you said, it is, what do we, I mean, does it fulfill a certain nostalgic feeling in us? But then again, what is the effect afterwards? <laughs> do you feel great about yourself? It's not like you, you actually get some symptoms from that. Of course, it's set with the chicory root fiber. I know there is some great, there's some great uh, alternatives for that, uh, that people can look into. And that is very interesting, right? Because uh, knowing what you know now, right, that you have gone through this entire journey that you have actually worked with such great brand names, and for somebody that may have to drive, that they actually want to do something about it. Do they want to actually cause a different change? Maybe it's they want to reinvent the ice cream industry or the soda industry. No, and they have to the drive, but they kind of like the vehicle to do that. Like they like they maybe in the kitchen, tinkering, all that stuff. And they find like something that, oh man, this tastes really great. I don't feel bad about this, but maybe for somebody who lacks the vehicle, what is something, maybe a piece of advice I could share with them to maybe get this out in the world and spread a good message out there.
0: You're, uh, you're thinking of someone who's actually thinking about developing a product like tinkering at home and, and, and how to go about doing that?
1: I would say, yeah, and then also also the mental aspect, because I assume, I assume especially, I, I, I you know, I know that Quest Nutrition had like very rough times in between and then just having this tenacity to just sticking to ideals, sticking to values and just really sure. pursuing that message, doing what you know now, what is it that you look into somebody or a piece of advice that maybe helped you personally? to have that and adopt that to keep on spreading the good message instead of just as you said it focusing on a certain minimum of net cars just so that you fit the rent the industry to maximize profit maybe uh what is it that you would maybe share with that individual um well some of the things
0: are are uh, probably cliche sounding but they're 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 very effective i mean so first and foremost hopefully you got a lot of deep passion for what you're doing because mm-hmm. um, anything that is worthy putting effort into and, and, and accomplishing will come with a set of setbacks and curveballs and hurdles that are gonna set you back that's just a part of the game uh, you know no matter what you plan things happen and when they do if you're not really truly committed and passionate to what you're doing it's easy to derail it's easy to procrastinate it's easy to uh quit quite frankly so um so I guess starting with that because I've done things in the past that I didn't have passion for and, and found myself in the situation where like oh I'm not I don't enjoy doing this I'm not putting effort into it I'm not putting my best into it uh I'm pushing it back I'm delaying it that's so you know that's just a human character human trait that I think we all share yes. so it's not it's not a superpower it's just I'm aligning my efforts with things that I happen to be very deeply passionate about. Um, Even then though, you come into situations where your motivation weighs and and there's days where you feel it more than others. There may be days where it's overwhelming because it's all happening at once. Um, And what do I do on those days? I, I suppose meditation helps a lot because it allows me to uh, gain perspective and always step back and get out of the day-to-day chaotic uh, things that are going on, and really look at the big picture and remind myself, Oh yes, we expect hurdles, we expect curveballs, and this is just one of those right now, and at the other end of this will be another you know smooth sailing uh you know time or something like that so um and then, of course, the passion you know it gets reignited, and then you're reminded of, oh what you know what you really want to do, and, and there 's just stuff to get done so that's what i do
1: I think it's It's a great approach that you have that you understand that, all right, I have a great message. I have a purpose and this is, first of all, worth fighting for and I'm going to put my effort into that. But then also preparing and being ready to say, it's going to come right at me and it's going to work. It's going to be hard. There may be times where I just, I just, I just feel like throwing in the towel, but then it comes to maybe looking back. What you have achieved so far, maybe just feeling proud about the little successful moments, and just preparing yourself, uh, and maybe surrounding yourself with a great environment of people, because I think that's also very important, right? That you have great support around you, whether it comes to nutrition, whether it comes to building a company, when it comes to building a brand, having the right team is is great, and you know maybe if you if you want, you could share me a little bit about that. Uh, you know, after you've gone through all of this, what is it that you look into into a great team? Like when you build a great team, what is something that you look into? That it actually supports the culture of the company that you act that people actually share the same ideas you because when you start From zero, I assume that having this large vision of saying I want to end right there Or I want to cause this effect can be hard for some certain people to envision as well And so what is it that you look into like for a team to actually share that same ideals?
0: That's a really good question, and um, I probably couldn't um, state enough how important having the right team uh, on any project ends up being, because it's impossible for one person to you know, pull anything off uh, on their own, and you know, certainly know that from experience. Uh, I think that the most successful times that I've had is when I've been surrounded by a team that's clicking, that's motivated, that has clear direction. And that's kind of kind of self-motivated and, and making things happen. What's the secret to that? I think the secret to that is um, well, I, as somebody who's built teams before, a big secret is selecting the right people. Yes. so um, I, you know, and the right people sometimes means the right people at the right time. So there may be somebody we may be trying to fill a spot in a certain uh, job function, and we may interview somebody. Seems like the perfect fit on paper. Like they check off all the skills, the experience, like this is the ideal candidate. But there's something happening in their life at this moment Mm -hmm. that it's just not the right fit for them, for us, for either one of us. And right behind that person, we may talk to somebody who may not have the right skill set and may not have enough experience, but for whatever reason, they're on fire at that moment in their life. They're at that moment in place. This is the fit for them. And so there's something about that so it so that's easy right so if you can if you get to select the people that you're bringing into a team and and uh, you're kind of making sure that everyone has that internal drive and is eager to jump on board with this mission of this company of what we're doing or this team or whatever that that helps tremendously but I'm not sure, that, that that actually answer your question?
1: I think absolutely, because you brought up a very important point that is, first of all, sharing the same idea, sharing the drive, sharing kind of the same passion for it, but then also making sure that they're in a position that they're actually able to execute that vision, right? That you don't just say they fit from a certain perspective and they are actually perfectly qualified for the company. I mean, they, they've got the culture, they've got the drive, they've got the, the experience, the, the skills, all that. But if they're not able to execute what they want to do, then there is no reason to have that, right? Because I think then we go back to this idea of you may have to, um, the the goal, the direction, but you got to put in a certain work for it. And if you're not able to fully commit yourself to that, then... Of course, it's not going to come. So I think it's a very beautiful point for maybe maybe a lot of our listeners right there who may be struggling, maybe not just with company or with like a business or career path, but also finding the right people in the, in their life to actually support their, maybe their weight loss journey or just their, their studies and all that. I think it all applies to that. Uh, it's a very beautiful point and you put it very beautifully right there. And, you know, maybe if you, if you want, we can circle back a little bit to nutrition again. And I would like to ask you. Um, concerning this athletic field that you say you always like to, you know, you still
0: maintain mate- uh, uh, there. There.
1: Okay. Uh, is that um, you also focus a lot of fitness, right? Not just health, but also you want to look at, as you said, f- you just feel great when you're able to go out on the beach and actually just take your shirt off and actually be and share with everybody this experience. Um, But you mentioned a very interesting point that I think a lot of our listeners tend to forget, and that is that very extremely strict keto, I think it's applicable to certain athletic fields, right? But I think specifically when it comes to maybe bodybuilding or, or just growing muscle, there is different variations, right? And how do you go about incorporating carbohydrates into your diet? Because you mentioned that from time to time you try to incorporate those to maybe just feel better in the gym and perform better, feel stronger. And how has that helped you? Well, so
0: I kind of take the long approach for the whole year. So if Mm -hmm. I think about the 12 months out of the year, um, there's um, a big portion of that time that I'm going to be in nutritional ketosis, um, eating probably 65% of my calories from fat. Mm-hmm. about 25 or 30 from, uh, protein and the rest from carbs. That's the majority of the year. Um, along that same timeline, I'm also doing a variety of fasting. So I fast every Monday. So, um, my last meal is Sunday night and then I don't eat again until Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. And So between Sunday night and Tuesday morning, I'll have that two way training workouts. I'll have had several walks on the beach and all that So being very active in a fasted state. That's year round every Monday. Um, there's a time of the year, uh, towards the winter when I know there's things that are coming up that are special holidays and celebrations and things like that. It all kind of kicks off around Halloween and through Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and all that kind of stuff. There's just a lot of things going on that I, I've, I've dieted through those holidays before as a bodybuilder and all that, and I can do it, but I just don't want to. Um, I'm around my family, my loved ones. I want to enjoy pumpkin pie, not a keto pumpkin, pie a real pumpkin pie on um, And so um, so knowing that I'm I plan around it I don't just let it happen to me I plan around it and I know there's certain days that are gonna I'm gonna have a lot of sugary stuff that's gonna cause a significant insulin spike and I'll, I'll use that to my advantage and go to the gym the next day and have a killer workout and yeah. um, and you know and, and, and benefit from it so during those months I typically go off of a nutritional ketogenic diet and go to what I just call what we refer to as low-carb, high-fat. So the big difference being I'm incorporating refeed days and I'm not limiting the protein consumption. Mm. And because of that, I'm probably getting knocked out of ketosis for the majority of the time. Maybe there's a day or two that I'm in ketosis. But most of the time, I'm probably registering millimoles of like 0.2, 0.3, 0.4, somewhere around there Mm. during that time frame. But my protein's higher. I'm getting carbs on refeeds and I'm getting much, much better gym workouts and much better gym performance. So it's during that time, bodybuilders would call it a bulk. I don't call it a bulk because I actually don't get bulky. But during that time, I can put on more muscle, I can actually push myself in the gym more than I otherwise would be able to I have better recovery, better strength, more explosiveness. Um, And so that's maybe eight weeks out of the year. And then the rest of the time, it's kind of right back to nutritional ketosis.
1: Of course. And I think it's great to have that variation, right? That you say you don't just stick to one specific plan. That you say, uh, no, I'm I'm either this or I'm just nothing, right? I think it's great to have that mentality as well, that you are able to get out of that boundary. That you say, you know what? Enjoy yourself. And maybe not all the time, but use it to your advantage. As you said it, like, if you do that, then all right, the next day have a clear workout. And then the next week you're going to kill it. Right. And I think finding a way to not just maybe categorizing yourself in a certain area. Right. I think that's very interesting. Um, is that something and how has that, how has keto, has keto ever impacted your life kind of social life kind of in the wrong way, especially in the beginning when you jumped on this diet or, uh, were you able to kind of uh, make it work uh, right from the beginning? Because I know a lot of people, uh, they tend to... You you cut out... Oh, all right, all right, all right. Let me repeat that again. So um, I think, you know, it's just great to have that kind of variation, right? Especially in, during the holidays, when the family's over, when there's friends over and all that stuff. It's because I think a lot of people, I don't know how it was for you uh, at the beginning of keto, especially... When they go on this diet, which is simply the complete opposite of what probably 80, 70% of the people are telling you, I think a lot of the peer pressure, maybe a lot of the judgment, a lot of the critics can be really hard on somebody and maybe the decisive factor for them to fall off. How do you deal with that? How do you uh, make it work in your lifestyle? maybe at home, in your, in your family life, what is it that helps you to make this really practical in a way?
0: That's a good question. Um. I, I kind of live in this bubble where almost everyone in my life is mm. keto and and doing keto things, or mm. so I I don't experience a whole lot of the oh my goodness reading all that fat, or, Why <laughs> but I know that I know that I, I do occasionally encounter that, and I certainly hear about it from people all the time. Um. I I guess I mean. It depends on the comments that are coming at you and and, and where they're coming from. Sometimes uh, people are making comments from a good place. They don't understand what you're doing and they're actually concerned that you're eating, oh my God, all these eggs. What about your cholesterol? And so (laughs) in those scenarios, I I welcome those and I enjoy uh, kind of educating people and sometimes they're just completely like, what, that's good for me. They still haven't even heard (laughs) that there's been this shift in in how we should be eating and and thinking about our food. So I I do welcome those. Um, Sometimes comments come from people who have a hard time enjoying their food when they know somebody else is being kind of strict or disciplined yeah and um in those cases those are a little tough right I really try to make an effort to let people know I eat my way I'm not thinking about how you're eating I'm only thinking about my food I'm not passing judgment on what you're eating you can eat whatever you want and enjoy it. I'm enjoying my food just because Mm -hmm. I don't have a bun in my burger. doesn't mean I'm (laughs) suffering over here. You can have, you can have a bun in your burger. (laughs) Um, So I I do see that messes with people sometimes, but um, by and large, I just, I try to educate people and and let them understand like the foods that we, it isn't just calories in calories out. The foods that we eat have a metabolic impact and they make us feel a certain way. Like if I eat a giant bowl of Lucky Charm cereal right now, I might feel good while I'm eating it, but in half an hour to an hour, I'm gonna have a you know, sugar crash, I'm gonna be lethargic, I may be hungry again. It's, yeah. It has a real metabolic impact that I'm gonna have to deal with later on. And so knowing that, I just, I prefer not to.
1: I think it's great to have that, just be respectful of just other people's opinions, right? And yeah. just say, just man, all right, I embrace that, I accept that. Fine, let's move on. I mean, it's not, I think we don't have to jump to a war, maybe not a war, maybe just like a word war, but just being open-minded and just embracing other people's view on perspective. Because I always say to people, it's not their fault. I don't think they, just like how I don't believe anybody is born evil or any of that stuff. I think we just pick up certain habits or patterns from other people that have maybe been an influence in our lives. So, they may be not following a bad intention right when they say to you oh my god what about your cholesterol maybe they just care about you maybe they just care about your well-being and all that so i think it's great when you adopt the mentality to say okay i embrace that and i try just to be open-minded about all this idea of maybe different diets different approach i think it's great to have that in mind and to really spread that message and now gemini you know now that you've gone through such an amazing journey man You've gone to work out, work with a lot of great people, and just learn a lot of that stuff. What is it that's going on in your life right now? Because I know we talked a lot about your past, a lot of what got you to becoming who you are right now. And what is it that you are focusing on right now? That maybe the next big project for you, maybe the next open door, that you maybe the next message you want to spread out. What is it that you're working on right now?
0: Well, I am uh, seeing the explosion of the ketogenic diet all around me. Mm-hmm. and um it's something that i've seen coming for quite some time during my days at quest nutrition we talked a lot about it then in fact we we even launched an entire product line of, of keto friendly snacks and foods um which was unfortunately or maybe fortunately depending on how i look at it scrap uh when the company decided to have a, a much narrower focus in what they want to do which yeah. i think it's not a bad idea i think they're doing phenomenal um but um In the last couple of years, I've just seen a flood of keto-friendly products or keto, you know, certified products or whatever, (laughs) enter the market. And I'm gonna say that maybe 10 or 15 percent of them are good. Like they, like, if I showed you my kitchen pantry now, you'd probably see a few of them in there. But most of them are not that good. And uh, I'm old enough to have been around during the big low carb craze when Atkins diet was the big thing, and everyone and their mother was on the Atkins diet. And during that time, there was a massive flood of low-carb Atkins-like products and snacks and breads and this and that and the other that hit the market, yeah. most of them were loaded with things like maltitol or other sugar alcohols that are just not that good for you. And so a lot of people who had heard about this and heard that, oh, low-carb works, jumped into it and immediately jumped out when they tried some of these things and it made them feel bad and it didn't really mm-hmm. work for them. So yes. I would hate for the same thing to happen with keto right now because truthfully, Keto isn't really for everyone. I mean, there's people who go on a ketogenic diet and their triglycerides go in the wrong direction and and things don't really work well for them. So it's not like everyone should be keto. However, um, there's probably a significant percentage of the population that's eating primarily carb, you know, laden diets with uh, lots of grains, lots of glutens. um, And they're just riding a roller coaster of glucose uh, spikes and crashes throughout the day. And, and, they would probably benefit tremendously from going on a ketogenic diet. It would just change their lives tremendously. Just like it has for so many people. Like you see people posting this all day long on socials, these crazy transformations and like no one's selling. You don't buy the ketogenic diet. Like there's, it's like, it's a free thing. Like you don't have to join a Weight Watchers group or any of that stuff. It's just eat this way. And your metabolic responses to food completely changes. And with that change, you're able to make massive strides.
2: Yeah.
0: Um and so for me, one of the things that I want to make sure I'm able to do is when somebody does want to have a convenient snack or have mm-hmm. some sort of an indulgent thing or, or, or a nostalgic feeling from eating a bowl of cereal or something like that, I, I hope that I can bring products to the market that are legit enough and tasty enough that it really does help them to stay on the program or even get on the program. Yeah. Versus the opposite. Uh, right now, if they were to try some of the products that are in the market they'll very likely have a bad experience and kind of maybe not do it again. So, um, so anyway, that's the path that I'm going down. Uh, and that's what I'll, I'll probably be focusing on for the next uh, few years as I launch, uh, a new company called a uh, heck of good foods. Which will be, uh, the whole focus will be, um, keto certified, uh, foods, snacks that taste delicious, that have legit keto macros yeah. that don't let your stomach, um, and fronty.
1: I think uh, it's great and I, I, by the way I love that name hecka good foods I think that's a great thing to say as well just when you eat it when you feel great just man hecka good foods like, of, like almost like hella good almost like yeah I love that and I think it's important to have that because as you said it from the all of the keto products that have gone on to be created I think only really a small percentage are really worth trying and worth maybe considering as a consistent beverage to have and so um Finding a way to have is just a reliable source. I think just having a reliable source that you say, I wanna just have a company or a brand, somebody that I can trust, that's more importantly. And so I really enjoy that. I really love that message. And um what do you what do you think are, are you're gonna be able to where when do you think people are gonna be able to enjoy heck of good foods? <laughs>
0: Uh, so we will be formally launching in August of this year. We'll probably mm-hmm. do some pre-sales in July, which is literally just a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be launching with three uh, products right out of the gates. and um, People will have to tune in to find out what those are going to be, but I, I assure you they're going to be tasty, delicious, and yeah. hecka keto.
1: Absolutely, man. I think people are going to really enjoy that. I am looking forward to that, by the way. I think its I think it's going to be a very great experience. Um. by the way, you know, maybe before we go into where people can find all that stuff and more information about that, uh, now as we're sort of transitioning to kind of like the end of the podcast, we always have kind of like three questions we like to ask our guests to get them to know more like a personal level so that people can connect with them. And so I would just say, you know what, let's just get straight into it. So the... The first question, Gome, just take a look at all of this journey, you know, immigrating from Colombia to now just building a whole new company for yourself and wanting to change the world for the better. I imagine there are certain things you've come to learn and adopt over the years that have gone to you, that have just simply helped you on a day-to-day basis to be the person that you are today. And so the first question would be kind of like, what are some of the daily habits or routines that you personally Adopt or have adopted or just like to stick to to ensure you become the best version of you Well, habits
0: are a very important part of How I believe I've managed to achieve any kind of success in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm I'm a Lazy person who if left to my own devices. I would probably just want to play video games and in I don't know do nothing all day long, but uh, I have ambitions and aspirations and desires and so Something gets me out of bed early every day and 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 gets me to accomplish tasks you know one from one to the next um, and so like the first thing I would say habit wise is get into the habit of writing down your goals mm. um, and not just writing them down somewhere never to be seen again. I kind of write them down almost every day. I wish I had the discipline to write them down daily but mm. almost every day. And the way that I do it is I write things in a way as though they've already been accomplished. And so mm-hmm. I do these, I've got goals that I set for the year, and these are the annual goals. I then break those down on a monthly basis. And so each month I know for this month, this is what I want to accomplish. I then break that down by week and by day and all that. But I write things down like if a goal were, I want to lose 10 pounds, I lost 10 pounds by June 10th, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually write that down, like I said, almost every day. And um, you would be surprised. I can go back almost 20 years now of goal writing and uh, all these things come to fruition. All these goals, sometimes on their own time, timeline, but they all eventually come to fruition. And um, I believe I read this on, might've been, what book was it? Might've been a Brian Tracy book, Goals and How to Achieve Them. Maybe even Seven habits. I can't remember which one it was, but it was the Brian Tracy book uh, where they did some sort of a study with Stanford graduates and hmm. Upon graduating, they had half the class write down their goals, and then the other class not write them down. They checked them twenty years later, and sure enough, anyone everyone who wrote down their goals were much further along in their in their lives than, than those who hadn't. So, that's one. Like literally, that's an easy thing to do. It just takes mm-hmm. a little bit of discipline, a little bit of thought, and magic happens. Yeah. Um. what else would I? I would say master the late gratification. So. The, the, the main thing that's going to prevent you from achieving any goal in life is the inability to delay gratification. Um, and that happens in so many forms throughout the day. It could be not going on social as much as you should be because it's gratifying, but you need to delay it so you can get more productivity. Yes. Um, it could be not having pizza every day and just having it on the weekends because you're going to delay that gratification and benefit from it. Yeah. Um, it could be a million of things, but all of our goals ultimately the only thing really preventing us from achieving them and executing on them is derailing ourselves. And so delayed gratification is something that I've always thought about. And um I think it's probably one of the things that gives me discipline. I mean, I, like I said before, I'm not going to not ever have something like pizza. I'm just going to have it later. Um So that would be it. And then, have routine in life uh, it helps me to to have a routine um, easier like if you have a structured day uh, where you 've got to be at work at a certain time or at school at a certain time, um, that lends itself to giving you some routine and some kind of structure throughout the day but um, and i 've had that in my life at this point in my life i don 't have any structure i i have I have to wake up at a certain time and get a ton of shit done and and then do it again the next day with no real structure other than certain appointments here and there or whatever so building a routine that you stick to on a regular basis from the time that you wake up and, you know, what you drink and what time, you know, you go to the gym and all that kind of stuff that helps me just to kind of stay on track.
1: I think that's very, very powerful. Very, very powerful because I think what ultimately gets you to from getting to a goal to sustaining that long-term is writing it down. First of all, affirming to yourself, I'm going to get this And I'm just going to have the wall against my back. And there's only one way, which is forward. And I love that analogy that you say you set yourself a goal, make a clear structure for yourself. And then just you're also having to have a certain just being able to postpone this sort of bliss that you experience from certain moments that you say, I focus more on the long run, which is going to impact me on a bigger just realm than just this short term. Gratification, short term bliss of maybe eating this sweet or the short term. Can you hear me? We cut out? All right, all right, great. And just having like this short term kind of like.
0: Just... You cut out just a second, I think you're back. You cut off for just a
1: second. All right, all right. We're back? Oh, but... yeah. There you are. All right, great. Yep. <laughs> so just feeling great about just affirming what you want to achieve, documenting that, and having. Just a certain routine, maybe if it's meditating, in like morning manifesto is you have to write it down and you want to really just embrace that. And then also just focusing on long-term that is going to impact you on a bigger, you know, just bigger way than just the short-term just kind of bliss that you, you say, I want to maybe just eat a little treat or maybe I just want to, you know, maybe just say... Ah, uh, you know what? I don't want to do this right now because I don't feel like it. But instead, having a clear plan, ha- plan having a clear structure that will ultimately get you to your goal, I think it's beautiful, and I think a lot of people are gonna probably hit the rewind button there to pick it up again, or maybe to kind of pick a lot of the information right there. So very great, very great tip. And now moving on to kind of the second question. This is more of like a funny one. I, I'm very interested to see to see your response on that. And, uh, you know, uh, based on your interest, is is. Let's say, Yemeni, if somebody told you for whatever reason you are only able to eat one more food for the rest of your life, it doesn't have to be health related, doesn't have to be keto related, low carb, anything, just from a personal level, what's in your heart right now, what would be that one food and why? Pizza.
0: <laughs> oh, you have to think about it. <laughs> I love pizza, so uh why i just because i would enjoy it and Mm. if i could only eat one thing for the rest of my life that's probably what i'll least likely get sick of like i I imagine whatever i say after year one you're like oh god please no more (laughs) um i'm not sure if that would happen with pizza for me i love pizza so much i just don't get sick of it
1: (laughs) honestly honestly man i think you know i've seen uh, i've seen quest nutrition come up with like a pizza variation and just Finding a way to make pizza healthy on the long run will be the killer, honestly. <laughs> I think it's great. It's a, it's a
0: personal goal and vision of mine to tackle pizza at some point. I think there's a few companies doing an okay job. There's a yeah. real good pizza out there with their cauliflower crust and their their chicken crust. Those are okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Quest earlier. I, I would say of all the frozen pizzas that are out there, like Quest is probably one of the better ones, even though it's super healthy. It's got very low carbs and all that. But... No one's quite nailed it yet. Like if I like my favorite pizza place is uh, this place up in northern California called Pachi's Pizza. Mm-hmm. And they have a Chicago style deep dish pizza with a cornmeal crust, which is mm-hmm. insane. It's just yeah. unbelievable. If someone could ever make that into a keto version, I probably would just eat that every day. I don't think i
1: Honestly, it's a thing. So right there in your goal for the affirmations, right? I love that. Love that. So um all right. And now Moving on to the final question, man, and this is more of like a more of like a series just coming back from this kind of funny question right now is let's say for whatever reason you had access to a time machine. I don't know however you got it, whether it's back to the future style thing, I don't care. But you got access to a back to a time machine. And you were able to go back in time. Maybe yourself as a teenager, maybe yourself as a young boy, maybe before you ever got a little success in life. What would be, and let's say you were able to talk to yourself as well. What would be one piece of advice you would share with yourself to ensure you become the best version of you?
0: I would probably try to go back to when I was around 12 or 13 hmm. and explain to my 13, 12, 12, 13 year old self what the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset is. Hmm. And um, I probably, in understanding that at a younger age, I may have been further along in accomplishing whatever it is that I want to accomplish in life.
2: Yeah.
0: Um it took me a minute to understand the difference the, to even know that that's a thing, let alone to fully kind of grasp it. Um and even today I find myself having a fixed mindset from time to time on 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 different things. And so I have to mentally be aware of it. But yeah, that that would be it. Uh telling my young self like um even though I grew up hearing the words you can do anything you set your mind to Um, you do tell yourself, oh, there's things you cannot do because X, Y, Z. And in reality, I mean, you really can do anything you set your mind to if you you commit yourself to it. So I would do that. That, That's probably one of the things that I learned later in life that I would uh, like to learn
1: earlier. Love that. I think it's a very beautiful message. And also, I think a lot of people can resonate with that because especially in our younger years, I mean, I don't think – a lot of people become aware of that. Maybe, maybe from what you've gone through in your younger years, maybe that has impacted you in a different way. Maybe that has given you a different mentality, but I think just adopting this mindset of focusing on really shaping your thoughts in a way that actually benefit you in the long run. And I think I love that aspect. And I think that's a great message to maybe close off the podcast. So, um, Yemeni, I, there's been so much value today. So many great, uh, tips and tricks from you where can people find out more about you? Maybe find out more about hecka good foods where, where would be that great place to connect with you and maybe get a little bit closer in touch with you?
0: Uh, it's been fun as well, my friend. So uh, thanks for having me. Anyone who wants to reach out, I love engaging on social. Like the, the best place to find me is on Instagram right. and my Instagram handle is keto underscore head. So keto underscore head. So that would be the best place. Um, and then uh, our company Heka Good Foods is about to launch. Uh, you can go to the website heckagoodfoods.com, and hecka is spelled H-E-K-A, um, or to our social Instagram handle also Heka Good Foods, and uh, hit us up there. Um, anyone listening, if you if you uh, shoot me a DM and ask for a sample of one of our new products, I'll be sure to hook you up.
1: That's fantastic. And I think guys, as you know, as always, in the show notes in the description for you to check out, for you to share some love with them, connect with them. Fantastic. So once again, you know, Gemini, it's been a pleasure to have had you on the show. Welcome to the Keto Heroes community. Honestly, a pleasure to have had you. We appreciate your time. My
0: pleasure. Thank you for doing a great job and putting all this great content out there. I look forward to seeing more.
1: <laughs> fantastic. Alright, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you can pick up a lot of value from this and I just thank you for being part of the Keto Heroes community. See you then on the next episode of the Keto Heroes podcast. Well, that is it with this week's episode of the Keto Heroes podcast. Hopefully you had a phenomenal time. And don't forget to check out the show notes to connect with Yemeni. And feel free to leave us a review and share this episode with a really, really good friend. Thank you a lot for being part of the Keto Heroes community. And we'll catch you on the next one. Have a great day.